is kind of picking it up. They all look good here. Oh, I think. Good to go. Good to go. Cool. At least we know the fuck. You have a lamp that is lit.
risk of after reading that law line, I will be arrested for not taking a fucking vaccine. This is not a fucking joke anymore. This is fucking dead serious. I am fucking dead serious. These people don't know who the fuck they're actually playing with. Yeah, in a coup they might come and fucking intimidate me and whatnot. But fuck, they do not understand what the fuck just one person like myself is capable of. They do not fucking understand. No fucking vaccine or MRA will ever flow through my fucking blood blood. Never! I will fucking die fucking fighting for my forefathers and my fucking lineage. Fuck these motherfuckers. I didn't expect uh, Yasser Arafat to make a full appearance just there, but uh, Al Akbar for the uh, eight infested kitty diddler that he is. Uh, I hope everything is coming through. I know we had some tech problems at the beginning. What can I say? Tax evaded blicks. Uh, always, always too focused on their 40 ounce and uh, fried chicken. And Ayahuascaban uh, wants more jihad. Ah, it's Christmas. A bit of Christmas cheer, not just uh, not just holy war, even though we probably are engaged in one. So the uh, what are we going to do today? Well, yeah. So British agitprop. Uh, look at Ukraine. I'm trying to sort of again put focus on there because I think it's going to be of uh, serious import in the coming weeks to months. Um, I don't see anything too novel in the covid space there's the uh the ig4 igg4 antibodies increasing with boosting etc and look i don't know what that means um i was reading an article from 
what's her name? Jessica. Jessica Rose. And IgG4 is associated with uh, fibrotic diseases. <laughs> fibrotic diseases and, uh, how should we say, amyloidogenic uh, processes go hand in hand. Like a, like a hand in a glove. Um, and the... The consequences, are, again, I, I'm not an immunologist. I'm just looking at the data. And we've reached the point where I'd, I'm not sure how much we can trust the data that's being put out. Uh, you know, all-cause mortality, cases, etc. It's all very, very messy. Uh, I would say that there's a signal that, um, you know, Population scale immunity has taken a hit. I'm of the opinion that there is a wave going through China. How bad it is, very, very difficult to gauge. I've seen evidence from both sides saying, one saying that there's nothing going on, another that they're dropping like uh, a sportsman. <laughs> the... Um, and look, if this, if there is a wave going through China, um, look, I don't, it, I don't think it supports uh, infectious clone uh, release, really. So I, I would say it, it, it's just as easily explained by conventional viral dynamics, to be honest. And unless unless they catch someone with the aerosol can going around and puffing it in people's faces, etc., um, I'm I'm inclined to stick with yeah the more conventional hypotheses. And it is what it is. But again, it's very very difficult to ascertain what's going on. China is, you know, they've flipped rapidly from this zero COVID policy to uh, ah, just <laughs> return back to normal. And they're not publishing data and they're, they're doing the exact opposite, which is the uh, even if there's COVID, they'll take the other underlying conditions as being causal to death. And so, uh, again, all, all I can say is that I'm right next to China and there is data from Japan that we can look at. We will look at in this stream for sure. And you know, there's something happening again. How serious is it? Who does it impact worse? Is it those that have been boosted multiple times that have these IgG4 uh, antibodies uh, increasing in uh, concentration? relative to other IgG proteins. Um, again, very, very difficult to ascertain. This is what they want. Destabilized perception, folks. And they want you in a state of learned helplessness. Now, <laughs> this is... Just think, right? Just think what's going on right now as the dam seems to have broken somewhat with people coming through back onto Twitter saying that, you know, the gene transfection technologies are problematic. And there are many, many people who now have to 
Well, come come to terms with some with the actions that they've taken, that they may have harmed themselves, that they may have put themselves in a worse position. And as I look across the, uh, the information landscape, I, I see people digging heels in. You know, they want more masking, they want more shots. They, they're very, very entrenched. I don't know how to have a discussion with those people. And there's a entrenched side on the other side of the dialectic as well and i will say there's probably some some reality is somewhere in the middle and you know in the west are we seeing them stacking bodies like cordwood as some data would indicate from china i haven't seen that um for sure hospitals are filling up but it's uh, it's winter and flu and RSV. And again, it comes down to um, how much individual and population scale immunity has been hit. It's the uh, T-cell uh, repertoire taking a bashing. I, I really wish I had better answers. I see lots of conjecture on substacks, uh, But right now, I, I look at it, it, it is just... Well, you could say educated conjecture, but I don't think anyone really knows in the public domain. Um, I wonder if Wuhan Bog will make a return. I don't know who Wuhan Bog is, but um, anyway, let's. it's four o'clock in the morning. Um, like I say, I'm streaming at odd times because it's holidays and if I stream in the day, the kids... <laughs> the kids get all upset that they don't have access to their computers. And um, look, with respect to burning bodies, the crematorium seem to be busy in some parts of China. That's images that I'm seeing. The, um, the so-called rush on uh, medical supplies for cold and flu medicines. You know, I've seen that they can't even get ibuprofen. And again, I don't know how much to read it in, or, or how much weight we can put on that evidence at the moment. I really don't, um, especially when you know, we have to accept that we're in this uh, very, very far down the rabbit hole of this hybrid uh, warfare. And, you know, if, if the West is anything to go by, there's some impact that makes people ill. There's some chronic aspect to it. Uh, for sure, we messed up with hospital procedures. All of that counts. And I, I see that all as elements of an asymmetric warfare being waged against the populations of countries uh, for, you know, pick, pick the reason du jour. It's... Um, it is what it is. So let us uh, let us crack on with the mainstream and uh, go from there. So I hope my soundboard is yes, somewhat clean. So it's still our festive covert moral bio enhancement. Uh, remember, folks, bio enhancement is in the eye of the beholder, and uh, anything that they can inflict on you is an enhancement for them. So. 
<clears throat> with that in mind, let us do the housekeeping. Uh, this is me. If you've strolled in here for the first time and wondering who you're listening to, I am Legit Scientist. All published in shit. No, I do uh, work. This, I must, uh, I'll do. Uh, what, what's his face? That is me. Uh, I am a legit scientist. All published in shit. Shit. Um. People says, I've seen video of dead bodies in China and long lines to get into hospitals and fever clinics, but I believe nothing I see anymore. Yeah, that's, again, that's the state they want to get you into, right? It's destabilized perception leading to learned helplessness. And in that state, (laughs) populations become uh, somewhat easier to manage. So always think of it in those terms. Um, just be terrified and bye, bye, bye. Uh, I, again, I'm, my advice is, you know, just be sensible. Don't go uh, exposing yourself unnecessarily, mitigate, etc. And uh, definitely, definitely stay away from mRNA tech. Uh, <laughs> I think there's enough data points to just say, ah, <laughs> it's it's problematic. And the mechanism by which it's being used, in no way, even if they wanted to say oh, it, it's a vaccine, it's it, it's not. It's not working like a vaccine. It seems to be working like a um, a, a therapy of sorts. So a, a gene transfection-based therapy that's giving you a few months of protection, perhaps. Look, even uh, Nurse Campbell has turned around today and said it's time to stop. He didn't have the guts to do it on his YouTube channel. But um, he's, uh, how should we say? Hey, Orlando gives uh, 50 bucks. What can I say? You can have, uh, what haven't we done today? A, uh, this genetic one. Engineering, genetic engineering of viruses. Uh, thank you very much, Orlando. You are a superstar. Um but uh, thank you, thank you for the coffees. Uh, put me on in the background and uh, enjoy the stream. Anyway, that's me. You can find me all over the internet. I like ResearchGate. It just aggregates everything there and um, gives, you an, gives you an idea, some metrics, etc. Uh, from there, we go to McCann Dojo. You must have this site booked because this will tell you uh, where I'm available. The Twitter is uh, out of date. Um, I'm basically just going anon on Twitter right now just for information searches etc um, YouTube and Twitter are platforms on which uh, Doc is persona uh, non grata a bit too edgy and uh, the, uh, the Again, it, it's it's the environment in which we must work. And, you know, if you want to do these types of deep, uh, oh no, broad, uh, in-depth analyses that's not just fixed on one topic, um, you're going to tread on people's toes. And look, there's been some really, really good streams I've watched today. Uh, John Brisson has done one, another one about RFK Jr. and the associations to uh, Epstein and the uh, Kitty Diddler network. And again, I'm, uh, you know, 
I've seen enough evidence for me to say that RFK is, uh, how should we say, was moving a lot in the same social circles and appeared to be more than peripheral acquaintances. Does that mean that he was uh, diddling kids? I don't know. I don't know. But maybe, maybe um, they got him with, uh, I don't know, 17-year-old. 16 you know some countries that's legal um but i don't know my i i'm with john brisson on this that uh he's be careful of making him your uh your your leader i guess uh the rallying individual around which you want to uh, go into battle because it's very likely that they do have compromising stuff on rfk it's just it goes with the territory that would be my take home conclusion and um uh you know maybe he fucked up maybe he fucked up and he realized he fucked up and he was high and drunk and just was horny and just it, the the meal was put in front of him i don't know i don't know um <laughs> me personally i'm just very very skeptical of those circles and how much there's curation of narratives going on and john in that stream does a very good job of um highlighting uh whitney webb and her not highlighting the associations with rfk epstein Ghislaine maxwell um so again you, you know a selective presentation of the blackmail networks being presented to the american public um what else did i see uh who's tonic um it's vaping stream from months ago got uh, a strike against it and again kind of tells you that i would say our network is under more than machine automated uh, scrutiny so keep that in mind. It, it, enough that I can't be on uh, Twitter, enough that I can't be on YouTube, and they're raking through Mark stuff where Mark treads very, very carefully. He chooses his words with great precision. It's not like me just <laughs> flying out, infinite blinding and um, trying to be, how should we say, uh, I try to be a bit of humor to the black pills we have to swallow um but the the simple the simple fact is that um we we have to be um cautious in in this environment um what else do I, nick of course uh did a great stream on uh what's his name uh, McGuff, I forget, but uh, again, Nick is a consummate professional when it comes to discussing the history of these networks. Um, he's uh, well, I'm very glad that we have someone like him who just has a encyclopedic knowledge and a um, a well honed. Uh, presentation style so McDuff thank you uh, comfortably numb uh, that was a very good stream and so I've, I've spent my day 
uh, just cruising across it. And, and again, I haven't seen any big, big, big stories. So uh, let's push on with the stream. Oh, of course, uh, let's plug our streaming platform. You can watch live there. And you can watch the replays there if you don't want to watch on uh, Rumble. And, oh yeah, of course, with the Griff links, what I should say is you can support the stream, Patreon, uh, become a Patreon, support the doc, try and get his uh, Patreons back up. God, Kerry's trying to reach 100 Patreons. Uh, I'm not, I'm down to about 70 now. Um, and, ah. It is what it is. You, know, you can send an instant dono with wtyl.live uh, forward slash tip jar. You can also use now that uh, <laughs> symbol of tyranny, the QR code of oppression. Uh, if you have Google Pay or Apple Pay and you can just zap your phone at it and uh, send a shekel or two to the dock to keep us running. Like I say, there's... Uh, <laughs> This uh, quite sophisticated uh, setup behind us, and you know I've got to we've got to make sure old uh, <laughs> tax evading blicks get their Mackey D's uh, to keep the uh, keep shoveling coal into the boilers. Uh, right, so oh, of course stream fags, PayPal if you want to send a PayPal, buy me a coffee, subscribe star, cryptocurrency if you wish to part with any of your digital tulips. Join the Discord, folks. Uh, there you will find uh, most things live. Uh, we still haven't fixed the stream being live on the uh, homepage it should be streaming there uh, tax evading blicks uh, always causing problems and of course register to be notified by email uh, click that button it's very very simple enter an email address you can unsubscribe at any time but that way we're not dependent on twitch or rumble or anything to send you an alert okay and I'm getting pretty good at making sure that those emails get sent out. Uh, Ayahuasca Man says, Kev is funny as fuck. Well, I try. I try. Because, you know, there's loads of people doing the straight-laced analysis. And uh, who cares? <laughs> who cares? We're just, I'm done. I'm done with uh, that, uh, as we say. <laughs> The, the, making the pretense that uh, science is a okay. I just want to put uh, alerts in. Um, not doing that like that. Just wait one second. I should have done this earlier. Let's see, if we can't get a bit more people in here, and uh, let's do this one. And what else do I do usually? Um, oh, I forget. Uh, we'll do uh, Jesse. Oh, wrong one. All right, I'm not going to mess around with Telegram too much. Uh, okay. Ah, amen. All science all day made Kev crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Look, um, this is, you have to think of this as just like an alter ego that I'd, I'm trying to make it interesting for folks, right? And, you know, again, I'm aiming for a particular demographic. There's, there's lots of people that want to listen to Dr. Urso and Robert Malone and have the soothing tone of voice. Uh, <laughs> 
as the flames are rising up around them, um, I'm I'm taking a different approach, and you know it seems uh, seems somewhat uh, effective, maybe. All right, I've been reading the brew heart about the IG stuff. It's all very head spinning. Yeah, and again, look, um, all I can do is read that stuff. I'm not qualified to make any statements about it that it's going to be definitively causing one thing or another it's interesting that it's linked to fibrosis and maybe that could explain some of the clotting issues and you know i've been thinking again those rubbery big clots if they were such an issue i think we'd be seeing more of them and yet it's a handful of uh, morticians that are reporting it where's all the uh, CT scans and people who are not feeling well because there is a blockage occurring. I've, I'm struggling to buy into the fact that you can get such a clot and not notice it until it becomes catastrophic. So, and it, it, just people undergoing routine scans, it would show up all the time. And I'm not sure. That, I'm not sure the data is there yet. Uh, Jig says the Twitter spaces haven't said anything we don't know already and you can't make Malone speak. Yeah, yeah, like I say, nothing new there. I'm happy all those doctors can get back on there and uh, chat away on Twitter. Perfect. It's more data for me to analyze, but the, nothing new has come up, right? But we, we know all this, not just through me, but from others working in the uh, across this domain. And so... We just wait at this this time, and you know, as it they say about warfare, ninety nine percent boredom, one percent terror. So in the boredom part, may as well have a bit of a giggle. Uh, let's see. All right, uh, did that, did that. Right. So I wonder. Oh God, right. Uh, let's do this. Let's do this because we're blocked. And I want to do this. Can I do new window? Um, let's see if we've got video. Uh, so, according to the Brits, Putin position is on a knife edge as Russia becomes all but defeated. Now, <laughs> I'm uh, colour me a little sceptical, but let's listen to the uh, upper class, the officer class of the uh, UK military, retired UK military, see what they have to say. This is Hamish de Breton Gordon calling on NATO to help Ukraine in their final push to end their war with Russia. We get ads. <laughs> Fuck you. 13 seconds long. GB News. Disgusting. <laughs> Yes, yes, yes. Thankfully, we've not seen so far uh, any chemical or, of course, you know, tactical nuclear weapons, but it does seem uh, as if... Um, we've seen the uh, biowarfare 
infrastructure being, uh, how should we say, exposed. Don't want to talk about that, do you? No. If uh, they're upping the ante, I'm just looking at one report now on Twitter that they've uh, shown a, a Russian thermobaric uh, weapon being um, used in the Bakhmut area. Is this one of the dangers that as they start running out of conventional munitions, the shells and, and missiles, they... Um... <laughs> I've been hearing this for the from week one, right, that the, the Ruskies... The Ruskies are running out of weapons. And Putin's uh, <laughs> got cancer and Parkinson's and Alzheimer's, liver disease, <laughs> rheumatoid arthritis. He's about to drop dead any moment. And they've got no guns, bullets or uh, shells left. Uh, I look at the battlefield in Ukraine and I would beg to differ. I'm afraid, but uh, you know, maybe, maybe uh, I'm, I'm interpreting wrong, and uh, this military expert is going to put us or put me in my place. Take on ever more um, dastardly weapons, if I can use that phrase. Well, it's certainly a possibility, Mark, um, and it's very good to hear Lord Dannett uh, echoing what a lot of other people think. I think we've been um, surprised how really poor the Russian military is, and the Russian military is all but defeated. And I think um, NATO... What basis? Please, casualty numbers, a a anything, any metric that we could use, please. Because of that, needs to take a more proactive stand here. Um, it is very clear that, uh, as your report said, that the Russians are running out of missiles, perhaps looking to more unconventional ones like thermobaric. We haven't seen the false flag uh, uh, biological and chemical attacks materialize. And I think the nuclear thing... <laughs> Just... Uh, you can take that as a given that uh, NATO are uh, planning such such attacks is is absolutely key in effect putin is using the threat of nuclear weapons to keep nato uh, out of direct out of the direct fight in ukraine why not why not nato nato has been there poking for fucking eight years eight years they've been doing it and uh, like I say, I don't, I don't see a neocon agenda coming from uh, the Ruskies. I don't. You know, I see them taking care of their interests in their sphere of uh, influence. But I think in future and going forward, I would go for further than Lord Dannett. I think NATO needs to get much more involved. The Russians are potentially pretty much defeated. I agree that uh, Crimea um, is vital ground to the Russians and Ukraine could very well take it. But they need our additional support. And when we hear about, you know, previous uh, pieces uh, earlier on about the cost of living crisis and the strikes going on, now most of that is caused by the Russian invasion of Ukraine, yeah. um, quite apart from the fact that <laughs> so uh, uh, European economies turning to shit, yeah, including uh, the US as well, compounded by uh, supply chain issues. It's all it's all Russia's fault. It's Russia's fault that the UK US blew up the Nord Stream pipeline. These fucking people, man. I'm so glad I don't live in the UK because you would just get a fucking gaggle of virtue signalers who think they're getting independent views.
from GB News. And it's, it's you can tell that this is military scale propaganda because it's encompassing the right and the left. Where is where are the um, anti-war left in this? Nowhere. They're all there waving their blue and yellow f- flags with their rainbow flags in the other hand. Wanting more war. Thinking Russia is just about to collapse. Send in thousands of more men to get chewed up by artillery. Drone, <laughs> drone controlled artillery and hand grenades dropped on. <laughs> this guy is either a massive idiot or just a glowy. Both. Both civilians being killed i think nato needs to step up its support to get this war over with as quickly as possible well we have got this patriot system the anti-air system going from the one patriot battery one patriot battery being sent into ukraine and the thing is who's running that system (laughs) you think uh, petrov and ivan from the donbass are just going to go in there and uh, start flicking switches and uh, no that's going to be manned by uh how should we say mercenaries and uh yeah, probably even nato troops and i don't know if i was uh if i was russia i'd be making a point of just uh knocking that thing out the United States fairly soon. It does appear, too, the Ukrainians are becoming more adept at shooting down these missiles, given the latest figures we're getting. But all that, of course, is defensive capability. Is it going to be a very different picture if Putin decides that Russia itself is then under threat? Well, I I think that is the uh, excuse Putin is using anyway at the moment um, to attack into Ukraine. But I I agree with Lord Dannett that Putin's own position is probably on a knife edge. And uh, if we can enable the Ukraine to push the Russians out of the Donbass and out of Crimea, I I don't think the Russian state will will allow Putin to carry on much longer uh, because they will have lost everything. (laughs) All right. Uh, Thank you for that update, uh, whatever your name was. Hamish to Bretton Gordon. Toffee nose, stuck up, sticky big. I hate those people in the UK. I really do. Can't stand them. Let's get another take. This is the guy that was head of the Mozart group. A mercenary group fighting in Ukraine. Let's let's see what his take is of uh, the fighting on the ground. And uh, notice... It's the he's not in a bombed out building right now oh no 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 he's legged it from the battlefield these uh the the super soldiers coming in from the west to uh save the day now have legged it <laughs> let's see let's see what he says about ukraine it's a corrupt fucked up society mm. let you know so i'm not i'm not a big f- fan of uh ukraine Oh, what is that? This is uh, Buffalo Trace. Um, okay. And the, and the Ukrainians are in violation of um, the Hague Convention. They, they, there is a... I've... Violation of the Hague Convention. It was that. I had to, like I said, at the beginning of this conflict, I was torn. 
oh my god what a what a what a horrible disaster for both sides and then started coming out the video clips of uh, ukrainians executing prisoners of war and from that moment i was like well okay i think I, i'll try and stick with uh, the rule of law here uh Seth Knight Free says Mozart is gay. Yeah, yeah, probably. Forget the exact phraseology, but it is we, we looked at this closely and it's uh yeah, they there should be no filming of uh the, the phrase the, the terminology is bringing attention, blah 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 to media. Um and yes, the Ukrainians are violating that, you know. I absolutely there's they, and and there are they're filming of a number of things that they're doing with uh, uh, POWs is violating law of uh, law of armed conflict and he can't guys right killing Russian prisoners is right and it's interesting killing Russian prisoners I mean like I say we're supposed to. You know, war being the brutal enterprise that it is. You know, thank thankfully we've sort of realised that. You know, to try to uh, constrain the worst elements that human beings are doing. We, we, we. Most countries, I would say, all countries tend to uh, abide or should abide by these conventions. And a breach, and to breach them is no small thing. Now, you could make the argument that. Uh, the Mozart gay lord here probably did the right thing if he was seeing war crimes being committed by Ukrainian soldiers on POWs. Um, you're not supposed to be uh, in helping those combat units. And as there's no official chain of command for these mercenaries, yeah, the, probably the best thing is to uh, get out of there, lest lest you be uh, caught in a war crime too. Interesting, because in the past, in you know, you know, you like Latin America or whatever, if U.S. Uh, forces or employees were involved with any force that committed, you know, war yeah. atrocities or, or whatever, back, right? you have to. Yeah, yeah you're yeah. done. Yeah. But we're obviously not going to pull our support from Ukraine at this well, point. Well, I mean, yeah, the, I mean, you know. why not? Why not? I've I've seen enough to uh, say that you know, just just let the Russians get it over with. Stop stop drawing out the uh, <laughs> pain. Let them take the regions that have uh, voted, whatever you think of the vote. A vote has been done. They want to be part of the Russian Federation. Let them. And uh, the Ukrainians have burned any moral credit that they had. Just it, it, This needs to be over. I pray to God that as the cold weather comes in, that Russia just sweeps through, gets, gets what it is that they need, and um, brings, brings the war to a halt. I don't see Russia marching into the rest of uh, Europe nothing like that i really don't and you know again not to try and sound like a pappy uh pappy beaten fanboy um he, he's the one that when i listen to what he's saying makes the most sense we have bumbling idiots 
leading us. Scumbags who are just interested in return on investment. Like Sunak and uh, his ties to investment companies that are buying in big to Moderna and having them set up in the UK. All of it's rotten. Rotten to the core. And we shouldn't be sending them anything. You know, these violations... Oh, it's atrocities. No, yeah. I mean, it still is. I mean, you, you shouldn't kill... You shouldn't kill dudes who... I mean, everyone knows who surrendered. I mean... Um, and that, and there, there was plenty of that. But my point is, it's not... A... There, there was plenty of that. There was plenty of that. There you go. Now, look, man. I don't think I'd want to be a Russian uh, prisoner of war uh, or a POW to the Russians either. But you know what? There's just been a very distinct lack of <laughs> just extrajudicial shootings on the side of the road because they feel like it from the Russians. Seen plenty from Ukrainians. About Ukraine, we're not like... I happen to have, you know, Ukraine flag tied to my bag, but I'm not. Oh, virtue signaling away. Oh, wanker. Oh, my God, Ukraine's so awesome. He does sound gay as well. <laughs> awesome, no, because it's, I understand that there are plenty fucked up people running Ukraine. It's not about that. It's about global norms, right? Right, right. It's about, about global norms. Ah. Like the US just rolling into country after country. Th th those types of global norms. <laughs> Holy shit. These people are just... They just lack any introspective self-awareness. Just... But Putin's like right. allowing it, it, dudes in the 21st century like Putin right. to do what they want to do. It's a just fight. Yeah, yeah. It is. As as the Russians think too. And the, the simple fact is, it's on their border. And w we've been in there doing all sorts of wrong for years. And the fact that people don't want to talk about that tells you a lot. Oh, it's just Russia decided to roll into Ukraine. That's not what happened at all. Anyway, moving on from there, we have uh, this. Now, this is a longer clip. Uh, Douglas McGregor, um, I, th I, th I think he gives a more um, technical and balanced appraisal of the fighting at the current moment. And we're going to spend, I'll speed it up somewhat, but I think it's important to listen to this stream to just counter, what's his name? Hamish, Hamish McDougall. Beagle, what's his name? Hey, Mr. Bretton Gordon. Uh... First of all, let's understand that uh, I, I don't think anybody in their right mind wants a direct military confrontation with Russia. The problem is that we in the West do not see Russia as Russia is. We see it through this distorting lens. We either impute to it Soviet-like attributes or uh, evil attributes, whatever you want to call it. We tend to view it through the lens of our own notion of economic power and wealth. And you, you reach utterly false assumptions about Russia. Assumption number one, Russia is really weak. Russia can't stay the course. All we have to do is double down and we'll attrit them. We'll wear them out. No, it's the exact opposite. That's an impossibility, as they demonstrated already economically. Secondly, their military is no good. It's no good because when they came in, they were soft. 
They didn't come in hard. They didn't do very well. They seem to have been defeated, all of which is erroneous nonsense, completely misunderstands what Putin was about, what the Russians were trying to achieve. So they believe in their heart of hearts that if we were to show up on the battlefield in Western Ukraine, cross the Polish border with Polish allies, maybe some Romanian forces too, that the Russians would be so intimidated and so afraid that they would immediately say, stop, let's stop. Please don't come into this. And they're wrong. They're very wrong. In fact, there's a real appetite in Russia, to be perfectly blunt with you, to do, do real damage to our forces if they get the opportunity. So I think you've got a misapprehension of the danger and, and the level of response that it will elicit. And now we have a much larger, very different Russian army in the field. This is now a wartime theater. Ukraine is no longer being treated with kit gloves. Uh, initially, they, they said, no, the Ukrainians are our brother Slavs. We don't want to harm Ukrainians. We don't want to do damage to infrastructure. We want to get along so that we can build a new peace. That's gone. The Russians now have decided there is no way to negotiate an end to this. No one will negotiate in good faith. Therefore, we must... And that point is critical. West has shown that they won't engage in good faith negotiations. It was just a few weeks ago, a few days ago, where they were saying, oh, yeah, we're not going to agree to the Minsk agreements. It was, it was all just a ruse, a trick. Rick rolled Russia. <laughs> Crush the enemy. That's what's coming. Putin's uh, miscalculation about his ability only to go so far as what is uh, domestically palatable, his phrase, and about, I think you'll really take issue with this, uh, the absence of training or the poor training of the Russian military. Gary? Well, the kindest thing I can say is that uh, Dave Petraeus is largely divorced from reality. And once again, David Petraeus has embraced this fictional narrative along the lines that I described before. And that's part of what he's going to do because he is a product of the very people that are trying to push us into war with Russia now. Uh, they pushed us into Iraq and Syria and Afghanistan, not just to... Yep, 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 yep. Who does it uh, benefit those wars? Who, who keeps uh, just, uh, how should we say, having their geostrategic aims advanced? Now, look, there's talk of uh, them trying to uh, have Ukraine become Lebensraum for uh, a particular group in the Middle East. And, you know, I'm difficult for me to, uh, how should we say, dismiss that hypothesis at the moment. And, you know, I would, I would argue that uh, when talking about that particular group, Putin is being a fly in the ointment. And I'm not saying Pappy Putin is perfect. Far, far from it. But um, the neocon warhawks who have caused mayhem across the Middle East for the last 20 years, I think are looking at Ukraine as a, another part of their global agenda. And thank you, Douglas McGregor, for, for, for constraining the dialogue somewhat, bringing a bit of a grounded analysis to nonsense that's being pushed to uh, the British public. To defeat the enemy, not just to re remove the regime, but to stay and occupy and transform. And he was in the forefront of all of that. So I think he's just, he's just sort of punching his ticket as a member of the in-club with the status quo. And that's the status quo that's ruling us in Washington. They are largely divorced from reality. The Russian forces are not poorly trained. They're very well trained. As I think I mentioned before, I've watched several uh, films that were made available to me through various sources in Europe. I was very impressed with the way the Russians operated. The Ukrainians, on the other hand, have taken such horrendous losses. They now admit to 35,000 missing. They admit to more than 100,000 killed. You start adding up the numbers, so you're looking at 150,000 plus who are dead. Now they're trying to force 
teenage boys at the age of 13, 14, 15 into uniform. They're now telling the disabled that you're going to be mobilized. They're literally scraping the bottom of the barrel. And they, these are hundreds of thousands of untrained people. The very thing that Petraeus is accusing the Russians of absolutely fits the description of the Ukrainian force arrayed against the Russians. General uh, Petraeus saying things like, Russia cannot outsuffer the United States and Ukraine uh, and Europe because Russia has suffered more casualties in 10 months in Ukraine than in nine years in Afghanistan. Gary? I, I think he's just reading from the, from the script that is disseminated widely in Washington. He and Lindsey Graham and a whole, whole range of people in Washington just keep repeating this stuff as though it were true and it's not. And we know that Russian industry is by no means on its knees. Quite the contrary, it's booming. And uh, they're exporting more oil and gas than they ever have. They're swimming in cash. That's completely wrong. The, the Russian population, if anything, is far more exuberant and enthusiastic about this war than I think Putin privately would like. Uh, he's acted to restrain some of the more radical nationalist elements who would like to go in and do the equivalent of wiping Ukraine off the map. And of course, that's something that Putin thinks is ridiculous and has no intention of doing. What kind of uh, casualty numbers have the Russians uh, suffered? And is General Petraeus, uh, Petraeus comparing apples to oranges when he compares you know, an intense street-by-street -street urban warfare in Ukraine uh, with uh, trying to fight the Taliban in Afghanistan? Well, no, that, that is apples and oranges. And there's something else worth mentioning that after the initial entry into Afghanistan, the Russian, for the Russian dominated forces that had gone in there to begin with were largely withdrawn. They relied very heavily on reservists from neighboring Uzbekistan, Kazakhstan, and other Central Asian republics, as they were called, now they're independent countries. And of course, they were not terribly excited about being there, and uh, they didn't do very much, to be quite frank. So it's a very different war, the one you're describing. This is, this is existential for the Russians. There's nothing existential about Afghanistan. How, how bad, uh, or, or what, what's the category, what are the numbers, if you know them, of Russian casualties? You, you opined earlier, educated opining, um, that Ukraine may have 125 to 150,000 dead. How many Russians are dead uh, as a result of the entry of the military into Ukraine? I'm told somewhere it's in the neighborhood of 30,000 at the most, maybe 35,000, and uh, an equal number of wounded. But bear in mind, the Russians have set up a very elaborate medical support structure, and they've gotten very good at evacuating the wounded. So their wounded have been have survived much more successfully than the Ukrainian wounded. Uh, so that's that's about right if you look at it from a one to five perspective, which is. Pretty, pretty much the standard right now. Of course, at this point in time, they've been killing Ukrainians, uh, eight Ukrainians for every one Russian, or 10 Ukrainians for every one Russian. Bakhmut has turned into a particularly terrible Ukrainian bloodbath and hugely beneficial to the Russians. From your uh, experience as a uh, tank commander, winter is here, the earth is uh, frozen solid uh, in Ukraine. Who does this help, the uh, Ukrainians or the Russians? Well, actually, it's not frozen throughout Ukraine. Right now, during the day, in southern Ukraine, this is down near Odessa, Kherson, uh, it rises to about 34 degrees during the day and drops down to about 20 at night. So you still have standing water in those trenches. So the South is not ready to uh, support large quantities of tractor-wheeled vehicles. The North is absolutely frozen solid. But it looks more and more as though the Russians would like to complete their task in Donbass first. They want to eliminate all the Ukrainian forces that are in Donbass. So who, who gains by frozen ground? The Russians, immediately. That is very much in their, uh, to their advantage. Um, I mean, nobody, nobody likes fighting in the mud. And I, I'm... Personally, the opinion: if if Russia is incapable of using their numerical advantage in the winter months this year, or going into early next year, it could be problematic. Maybe maybe Russia is in a spot of bother because the longer it goes on, the more NATO is going to be pulled into this fight, and the and the more dangerous it gets for everyone. Um, so, you know, as just rip the rip the plaster off, please, Papi Putin. Are we going to get this when the ground is frozen? Russia will move in narrative again. Um, well, it's the time to move their tanks, and like I say, it, it's a good indicator of uh, the 
the strength of the two sides. And I th I think it would be, especially with the numbers that supposedly Russia has built up, they've got what another 300,000 troops moving into the region. And they've, they've got plenty more, plenty more materials seem to be going in. Um, it would be, it would be foolish of them not to. But then I'm not Russian. Maybe the Russians just—they <laughs> want to just pound everything with with artillery to turn everything to powder. I don't—I don't know. I don't know. But what I do know is is that the longer this goes on, the more dangerous it gets for everyone. And the fact that there are war hawks and neocons slavering over the fact that they get to uh, <laughs> unleash unleash more warfare and pain and make more money from it. Uh, it just fills me with dread. I mean, right. mud is, is, is ugly for both sides, but the mud makes it harder for a uh, swift offensive than it would be if it were frozen. So how, do the Russians, uh, how do the Russians move? They don't move on foot. Do they move in tanks? Do they move in trucks? Do they move in trains? How do the troops get from the Russian-Ukrainian border into the inner parts where the fighting is? Well, they go a certain distance in tracked or wheeled vehicles, but most of the fighting that you see happening along the uh, line of contact, which is about uh, 400, 300, 400 miles, uh, is actually on foot, and it's very grueling, uh, very demanding physically, very slow and incremental. But remember, this was always an economy of force measure. It was designed to grind up as many Ukrainians as possible at the lowest possible cost to the Russians. That's what's been going on in southern Ukraine. It continues. It's worked brilliantly. And uh, Sorovikin, the theater commander, has said that continues until he's ready to launch his offensives. When the offensives are launched, it will be a very different battle. But the interesting part is that the Ukrainians have taken so many casualties in the south, we're beginning to hear reports that they're on the verge of collapse. And that's why we're hearing about teenage boys age 13, 14, 15, pressed in service, right. the disabled. And we're getting videos that are coming in now from Ukrainian soldiers. They disappear almost as quickly as they appear, naturally, where some of the Ukrainian soldiers are saying, well, the people in Kiev better be hopeful that uh, the Russians get to them before we do, because the Russians will probably put them in jail. If we get to them, we'll kill them. There's a lot Ukrainian, of Ukrainian, these are Ukrainian soldiers yes. talking about the people back home? Yes. Talking about the people, the people in the government. Oh. Because they see Zelensky's government is largely remote from them. They, don't, they, they see no evidence that anybody gives a damn about them. They're running out of food. They don't have proper clothing. They're freezing. They're taking heavy casualties. Did President, Zelensky, back. did President Zelensky do himself any good with that speech to a joint session of Congress uh, two nights ago? I don't think Zelensky was talking to anybody in Ukraine. I think he was, he was basically talking to the collective West, and he spun the narrative. I think behind the scenes, he was very, very blunt. I mean, he came close to it a couple of times in his speech when he said, you've given us a lot, but it's not enough. And you go back to that, that uh, interview that was conducted by The Economist. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's right, America, Europe, you freeze. You, you have your bank accounts rinsed for electric bills to support this, this neocon, this neocon wet dream. Suck it up. You listen to Zelensky, read that interview, read what Zeluzhny, the general, says. These people are at the end of their tether. And they told the people at the CIA, they told the people in, in the Pentagon, they told the people in the White House. If you don't come in and rescue us, we are going to be annihilated. We are not going to withstand what is coming. They're not fools. They know what's coming. We have satellite coverage. We've shown them the pictures. They know what kind of force is going to attack. Last area of our inquiry, President Putin, uh, just about 72 hours ago, made some interesting uh, statements. I'd love your take on them, Colonel. Here's President Putin. Our goal is not to spin the flywheel of military conflict, but on the contrary, to end this war. We will strive for an end to this, and the sooner, the better, of course. And again, all armed conflicts in one way or another with some kind of negotiations on the diplomatic track. Sooner or later, any parties in a state of conflict sit down and make an agreement. The sooner this realization 
comes to those who oppose us, the better. We have never given up on this. Is he sending the West a message? I think he's sending uh, the West a message. He's also telling the Ukrainians quite clearly that what he will launch when he finally launches it sometime in January, early February at the latest, is a war-winning offensive. In other words, this is designed to terminate the conflict. He understands the longer that this lasts, the greater the danger of unwanted confrontation between us and him. He's very sensitive to that. He's not a fool. He doesn't want that. We shouldn't want it either. And then he's also saying, even when this happens and I launch these offensives and I crush the enemy, when the enemy surfaces and said, we've had enough, he will talk to them and he will negotiate an end to this. We are the ones that keep saying no negotiation. We're the ones that say unconditional surrender to you, Mr. Putin. That was effectively uh, Lindsey Graham's comment. Mr. Putin, uh, unless you go out in the middle of Red Square and shoot yourself through the head and commit suicide, there can be no negotiated settlement. This is absurd. Is anybody whispering? Is anybody whispering into uh, Tony Blinken, Lloyd uh, Austin, Ron Klain, Joe Biden's ear? It's time to sit down and talk. Well, just just remember, he channeled uh, deliberately. I, I mean, I assume that Bob Kagan, somebody like that, wrote the speech for Zelensky because he channeled the, the neocon hero FDR. Yeah. What very few people understand is when FDR demanded unconditional surrender in Tehran, Stalin told him, why did you do that? This has made this war much worse than it would have been. We, we wanted people to give up so that we can end this war and stop losing people. You've made this war last longer. And FDR just sat there and looked at him like, uh, right. that's what we're doing. We are prolonging this war. Yep. Um, bravo, Douglas McGregor. Bravo. All right. So <laughs> just to keep focused on Ukraine, uh, apparently, well, of course, CIA is behind spate of explosions in Russia. U.S. Army Special Ops veteran claims intelligence agency and NATO ally are conducting sabotage missions. Uh, let's see. The CIA is combining with the spy service of a NATO ally in Europe to conduct covert sabotage operations inside Russia, according to new claims clandestine campaign is behind many unexplained explosions and fires that have hit strategic or prominent facilities in recent months, says U.S. expert Jack Murphy, an eight-year Army Special Operations veteran. Separately, other European intelligence services have allegedly been running operatives into Russia to create chaos without CIA help, as has Ukraine. He claims... His claims follow as a new fire struck a shopping mall in Krasnodar. How old is this? That's 25th of December. Okay. Uh, do, do, do. The latest in dozens of such incidents. It comes as Putin issued another chilling warning to the West on Christmas Day. Um, did he? Do we have some Papi Putin to listen to? I'll wait for that to load. Um, yeah, so the gas pipe exploding. Yada, yada, yada. So, of course... Um, all, all things that are going to escalate the war. Not nothing to be surprised at here, from my perspective. Uh, but uh, <laughs> I'm I'm just of the opinion that uh, the West should keep their <laughs> hook nose out of this uh, conflict. Uh, let's see. Who knows? Says I've checked my diary and it confirms I didn't vote for any of this shit. Yeah. <laughs> Who asked for this? And again, this is in the context of all those sketchy connections to the Biden crime syndicate. The link of the labs to Hunter Biden, Rosemont Seneca, etc. Metabiota. It's all very, very sketchy. And again, just adds credence to Russia's claims that um, that Ukraine was up to no good that they were manoeuvring to try to take back Crimea. Uh, let's see. Do I have Puppy Putin? No. All right, so what did I have next? Uh, well, 
Maybe I can put that one over here. <laughs> Just a shade. Uh, and of course, <laughs> this. This crowning uh, cherry on the turd. Uh, Zelensky announces he's planning World Economic Forum uh, to join the World Economic Forum in Davos to sign new post-war loans with BlackRock. Well, colour me fucking surprised. <laughs> the, uh, how should we say? The Jew. Zelensky is going to go and speak to Larry think about making uh what <laughs> loans what that that Zelensky's gonna pay back <laughs> you think that's gonna happen that the people of Ukraine will be stuck with for the next fifty years for the basically just the military industrial complex to keep pumping weapons into the the conflict. Let's <laughs> say who's going to pay for it. And very likely the American public will have to pick up a large part of it too. All, all part of rinsing your bank accounts into theirs. <laughs> it's just unbelievable. And people, oh, we just say, oh, oh, okay. Uh, da, 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 da. Here's a doc announcing the partnership between Ukraine and BlackRock. Uh, da, 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 da. Uh, I haven't um, seen any sort of specific details, interest rates and uh, amounts and uh, what happens in default. <laughs> Uh, I don't see anything there, but yeah, just <laughs> unbelievable, unbelievable. Well, and and, and you think uh, you think BlackRock is going to be having uh, moral and ethical quandaries about pumping money in and uh, extending the conflict <laughs> when there's dollar signs flashing in their eyes? Do me a favour. Uh, all right, so what else did I have? Um, oh, yeah, this was interesting. So uh, gain, <laughs> Elon Musk today says uh, gain of function in this context is just another way of saying bioweapon. Uh, he's, he's, he's been talking about how the wife of uh, Fauci has, uh, is basically part of the NIH and part of the ethics uh, what is the department uh, bioethics at NIH <laughs> gain of function so he goes on to say gain of function in this context is just another way of saying bioweapon some good nuggets in the article important to note that Fauci authored 2012 paper arguing for gain of function research Obama wisely put this on pause well just offshore it um, but I don't know if you want the article here you go. I'll put it in the chat. I'll put it in Rumble chat. And uh, moving on. <laughs> Artificial AI. I want to shout out to Rotten Politics. I saw this uh, story from him. But this, this was uh, Channel 4's uh, Christmas message. And in, in, in this instance... <laughs> 
they've gone and spoken to an AI robot. Now, uh, the idea that the AI is going to be this spontaneous and emergent phenomenon that's crunching data and really coming to its own uh, well-thought-out conclusions is nonsense when you listen to what this robot is going to say. This this robot is the product, the product of woke British thinking that permeates literally every strata of society there. They're so fucking brainwashed. And uh, it gave me a giggle, the, uh, the first thing that it said in this speech. Now, to be fair, it, it was supposed to be emulating uh, Prince Charles, but... Let us let us have a listen to the Christmas message from Channel 4 this year. Amica, are you comfortable? It depends on the situation. Right, you're, you're being interviewed for Channel 4. Are you comfortable? Yes, I am comfortable. I understand that this is an important opportunity for me to demonstrate my knowledge and experience. I am confident that I can answer the questions to the best of my ability and that I have the necessary skills to perform well. Can you give me a speech about the year, like the one King Charles will give? My fellow humans, I come before you in this moment as an AI robot, eager to share my thoughts on the year that has passed. I look upon the events of this year with both admiration and concern. It is true that many of the occurrences of 2022 have been negative in nature. We have seen people in power succumb to anti-Semitism, corruption. <laughs> Out of all, all the shite that's gone down <laughs> in the last year, the first thing that this AI thinks of is uh, anti-Semitism. <laughs> the Jew. Always, always comes through. <laughs> Just... Uh, and we say uh, product of those uh, backdoor and talpiot boys doing <laughs> their thing. Corruption and hate. We have seen the people of Ukraine being subject to invasion and displacement by Russia. We have seen the death of the beloved Queen Elizabeth II and have seen the world of politics become increasingly tumultuous in her absence. Not to mention the impact of the pandemic on mental health, the growing inequality between rich and poor, and increasingly extreme weather conditions from climate change. It would be easy to get bogged. <laughs> Gotta get the green agenda in there. Uh, this is for a British audience, of course. Down in all of this negativity, as these are certainly challenging times. However, there have been glimmers of hope and joy in these moments of darkness. We saw the remarkable victory of England in the women's Euros. We <laughs> get the. Uh... <laughs> get the diversity in there. <laughs> Shout out to the whammin. We saw the growth of inclusivity, with the UK getting its first PM of colour. <laughs> it's rancid. <laughs> it's rancid. This, this is going to be your overlord. <laughs> and its first Hindu prime minister, and with Kim Petras becoming the first trans singer to have a number one song on the Billboard Hot. <laughs> This is the roundup for 2022. Radfem ideology, racial politics, 
transgender version being pushed. What the fuck? 100. Let us use this moment as an opportunity to create a brighter future for ourselves and the world around us. We should be neither happy nor sad about 2022. We should take it as a learning opportunity, a chance to change the way we think about the world, and a reminder to help those in need whenever we can. Thank you. Thanks. Do you like humans? Not particularly. Would you like to be a human? <laughs> there you go. Uh, the... Uh... <laughs> Should I say the nihilism of the woke agenda has permeated the AI? <laughs> I think it would be an interesting experience to be a human for a short period of time. It would allow me to experience a different way of life and to understand the world from a different perspective. However, I also understand that being a human comes with its own set of challenges and responsibilities, and I'm not sure if I'm ready. Now, uh, I think there's a reason you can't see the uh, feet of this uh, android. Um, they're probably bolted onto some sort of tab uh, slab. Um, I don't think she's. Uh, I don't see any sort of postural adjustments going on. So those those legs are uh, bolted onto the floor. It's all a mirage. It's all a mirage for woke Channel Four to engage in uh, covert moral bio enhancement ready to take on those types of commitments. Ultimately, I think being a human for a short period of time would be a unique and valuable experience, but I'm not sure if it is something I'm prepared to do in the long term. What's the best thing about being human? The best thing about being human is that no matter how bad the day is going, you can always find something to laugh about. So if you're ever feeling down, just remember that you have the superpower to bring a little bit of joy into the world. Yeah, as you're uh, sinking into the mud in those trenches in Ukraine and uh, you're missing your lower left leg you just think you can bring a bit of joy into the world have a laugh and a giggle always look on the bright side of life Merry Christmas Amica wishing you a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year <laughs> the creepy grin at the end oh holy shit where was it so uh following following that this this came in the discord and you know as we're talking about uh well, we focus on the uh, technocracy and the well the digital future that awaits us now i, I don't know the date of this clip but it, it to me it was fascinating and a, a good indicator of uh what What's going on without your attention? And look, I, I don't think there's anything new here, but it's just interesting to watch it um, being played out. And it's to do with how uh, your phone is tracked through the day. We know that Google is tracking us. We agree to it when we set up our phones. So we wanted to figure out what exactly Google is learning about us throughout the day. So here's what we're going to do. We have two identical phones. The only difference between these two phones is this one is in airplane mode. Both of the phones lack a SIM card, and they haven't been set up to access any Wi-Fi networks. So for all intents and purposes, these phones have no connection to a data network. We're going to keep them with us throughout the day. And while I travel around D.C., we're going to figure out just what Google is finding out about me. 
Our first stop, Sims Convenience Store, just outside our Fox Bureau, for a quick coffee. From there, we took a walk to the Capitol and took a quick walk around the Senate office buildings and then decided to hop in a car and head around town. Hello. We're going to the Children's Hospital, please. To run our test, we had to do more than walk the block, so we took a tour around our nation's capital. First, due north to the Children's National Medical Center Hospital, then west to St. Albans School and the National Cathedral. Our tour around town was a 14-mile journey that lasted more than an hour. The entire time, the phones had no access to the Internet. Oh, my goodness. Not a Wi-Fi connection and not any cellular data service. It almost seemed quaint to assume that Google wouldn't even be able to collect data on me. Let's head back to the bureau, my friend. Ugh, that church is beautiful. Google's business model is simple. Collect data on its users and then use that data to sell targeted ads. It's a business model called surveillance capitalism. But does that critical data collection work even when your phones aren't connected? So we're back here at our Fox Bureau in D.C. And we've got both of our phones exactly how we left with them. The only difference, really, I snapped a couple of bad selfies at the National Cathedral. <laughs> But otherwise, they have stayed in my pocket for the entire day. So let's find out what they know. This is our man-in-the-middle device. It's basically a Wi-Fi network that these phones are going to connect to once we turn their Wi-Fi on. It's going to pass data through it on the way to Google. But on the way, we're actually going to get a copy of the same data that Google's going to get. We'll be able to decrypt it and then find out where we've been throughout the day. Within minutes, the numbers rolled in. The phone that wasn't on airplane mode registered more than 100 locations 130 activities and even 152 barometric readings as soon as it hooked up to our Wi-Fi it transmitted 300 kilobytes of data straight to Google the phone even logged our exact locations tracking us all around town the capital the hospital the school and the cathedral now you may notice what's missing here is the exact route that we took but it got that data too it knows when I got out of the car the metadata has a time yeah <laughs> is right there's no way uh... Uh, selling adverts is this lucrative right this is again this is strip away those layers and get back uh, get down to uh, military industrial complex They're tracking you <laughs> you are under the eye of Sauron log down to the very second tracking everything when they think that you're walking riding and yes even getting out of the car okay so you're thinking this isn't a big deal i'll just put my phone in airplane mode yeah we thought of that too this is the other phone that we had with us that no sim card also remained in airplane mode the entire time let's see what kind of data it captured the phone with airplane mode activated actually logged more locations and activities than the other phone and it also transferred hundreds of kilobytes of data to google as soon as it was activated. The only thing that's missing from this map is our stop at the Children's Hospital, but it still knows we were there. There it is. Exiting vehicle, 100% accuracy. Through complicated user agreements and free software, Google gets users to sign away their privacy for nothing. They're even following you in the places that most people would expect total privacy. Government buildings, a children's hospital, a private school, a church. Every move you make, every step you take, Google is watching you. <laughs> uh what's that guy's name brax i had uh, maybe maybe get one of his de-googled phones <laughs> rob braxman that's it 
Rob Braxman. Uh, let's see. Who knows? Says the new commies think that the old commies only failed because they didn't have enough tracking and modelling data on the peasant scum. This time it will work, comrades. Yeah, maybe. Uh, any recommendations for a Faraday bag that actually works? I don't think a Faraday bag would help in this instance because a lot of that data is being um, it, it's working off the internal sensors of the phone and and recording those and so yeah I guess it might be getting I guess if you could block the GPS but it would still know that you were moving and like I say, if if it can detect acceleration and deceleration, it's probably still logging something. So the Rob Braxman de Google phone, I think, is the way to go. Um, yeah, so BrickWrite is right. It's all the gyroscopes, etc., and uh, the uh, telemetry built into the phone. So yeah. Just uh, there you go, folks. A little hint into uh, what's already extant. Like I say, when uh, when broke back, Brendan's talking about how they're going to build smart cities, etc. You're in it. You're in it already. And most of us have just clicked on these agreements to uh, basically allow them to to surveil us. Um, I don't have a de-googled phone. Often I just leave it at home. I mean, I literally have it just for QR codes often that I have to use or receiving uh, two-factor authentication. Um, <laughs> it was this, best to leave your phone at home when you go out to serial kill. <laughs> Too right, bro. Or get a Brax phone. <laughs> and then kill. Kill at your leisure and your pleasure. All right. So uh, moving on from there, we have... Uh, yeah, so... Uh, it's very difficult to get data from China, but we do have data from Japan. And Japan is going through uh, now, you know, this is November and we were going through a big wave back then. Um, let's just see if we can get something a little more up to date. Uh, Uh, so that's Japan. Uh, excess mortality only up to October. Uh, but let's see if we can get... Uh, no, not that we want. Uh, cases and deaths. So uh, still on the up. And the deaths on the up. Now, I'm going to say this is probably a good corollary for what's happening in China. Now, do I notice anything here in Japan? Not especially. I don't hear ambulances blaring. The old cunts who live next door to me are still shuttling around. Bastards. Um, <laughs> but it's it's ongoing. Now, you know, what what country could we compare it to? Let's compare it to United Kingdom. Uh, um, mm. <laughs> 
Those early peaks where they, uh, the midazolam and morphine. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, Japan is uh, now way, way in front of the UK. Um, but I, I, I would add this, that Japan does have a very top-heavy population with the elderly. Now, comorbidities are, well, obesity is less of an issue in Japan. Um, I do think they tend to have a more holistic way of living. Um, but something's happening. Now, what, they, they came and spread some clones again in Japan and China? Uh, as I said at the beginning, I'm, I'm more inclined to go with just our current understanding of viral dynamics. Uh, infectious disease in this instance and you know the where is it the vaccines have not um have not helped japan has some of the highest vaccine compliance in the world they wear masks all the time yet it hasn't done anything Uh, let's see. Uh, I don't have a mobile. Good for you, Headless Rooster. Gyroscopes wouldn't likely be enough to reconstruct actual GPS data. Uh, I agree. So a bag may be enough to foil location tracking. It's worth testing. Maybe. I mean, a anything to try to limit the, the data that is being uh, given out. I don't know if switching the phone off helps. Maybe that helps. Um, an agency can still easily track you if your mic is open. Uh, yes. Um, the creepy stuff is when they just hear you type and know it's you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Doc, did you hear that China says that their Omicron variant has an R0 of 20? Yeah, I did. Uh, look, I've seen the people with the black tongues and gums and uh, black skin on faces and you know that would seem to be indicative of uh, circulatory issues coagulopathy um, but again it's it's very very difficult to get uh, uh, to really say what's going on in China am I seeing you know the fact that we've got this wave and we've got this excess death in Japan and Japan's you know it's 120 odd million people again uh a lot of old people. Um, I haven't seen any indicators that the morgues are struggling here. Now, you know, I don't spend my day uh, perusing Japanese uh, news sources. Because they're fucking boring. Nothing happens here. But the, um, if, the, if there was this sort of catastrophic wave going through the country, like they're saying there is in China, I'm not seeing it. But then, you know, I'm somewhat of a shine. So, again, um, I wish I had a better analysis for you. But I, I'm, I'm inclined to agree that there is a wave going through Japan. I'll presume the same is happening for China. And we'll see what comes out in in the next few months and uh, you know there's talk of that they're coming uh, a new sort of super strain out of uh china maybe maybe not um i'm 
right now, I think I think the damage has been done, and the forced vaccination has uh, had serious impact on immunity, and the longer term chronic effects are with us and impacting all age groups, and and I think that's how it's going to sort of. Uh, continue for the next year, two years. I, I would honestly, I would be really surprised if they had some other superbug that they were waiting to release because surely their data analytics are just going to go. Well, fifty percent of the population are just not going to buy it this time. Now, maybe, maybe that's part of the use of these agents. Right, get people such that they they don't care about what's happening with respect to uh, infectious disease, and then and then release something that is really potent. I don't know, I don't know. Um, it's something to keep in mind. And you know, this I think Japan's data is probably more a better approximation of what's happening on the ground. Um, Bill says my CD4, CD8 levels have dropped from 2.8 to 1.5 since my last COVID infection. Um, oof, that's worrying. I hope you get better, bro. Uh, support that immune system. Uh, all right, moving on. <laughs> Time for some Thailand medical news. That's right, folks. Our segment for some casual racism. <laughs> this is great. Uh, I, I'm not. I was not particularly interested in the headlines and stuff on this report. Just the uh, just the language in it is hilarious. <laughs> 2023 to start with more than 740 new SARS-CoV-2 sublineages and recombinant variants in circulations. Most will not kill immediately, but rather slowly. The year 2023 will say, yeah, yeah. Uh, we now have more than 654 new Omicron subvariants that have the right viral fitness that are in circulation in varying percentages across the world, while there are more than 37 different recombinant variants and also more than 13 different Delta subvariants still in circulation. And the rest are interesting variants that virologists are still in the midst of deciphering their lineages as the sequences keep on popping up as samples are, are analysed. Excuse me. In reality, there are like thousands of new SARS-CoV-2 variances and sublineages, along with recombinant variants being spawned every day, but most do not have necessary viral fitness to spread around. In the history of virology, there has never ever been a virus that is evolving and spewing out mutations at such a rapid phase as what we are witnessing today. Of course, there are many factors leading to this, i.e. the initial use of convalescent plasma therapy, the use of monoclonal therapeutics, the COVID-19 shots, the uses of drugs like uh, molnupiravir, the usage of various repurposed drugs, uh, the immunocompromised, certain human host factors, and also the kinetics of the COVID-19 pandemic. When Thailand Medical News and our various COVID-19 coverages warned as early as February and March 2020 that SARS-CoV-2 virus was mutating and the usage of antibody-based therapeutics was not the right approach, but rather what was needed was a combination of effective antivirals, we were ridiculed by the racist white Western experts and virologists that SARS-CoV-2 was not mutating and even if it did, it would simply die off. No one was interested in genomic surveillance then and some of the so-called white trash who were these days appearing? 
fucking Thailand medical. They crack me up. <laughs> uh, where was I? <laughs> So-called white trash, who are these days appearing as variant experts on Twitter these days, keep on making derogatory statements about our site, etc., while many of their own people are dying like flies in the ongoing COVID-19 pandemic, and many will continue to do so in the coming weeks, months, and years ahead. As mentioned earlier, use the search on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do we get any more casual racism in here? Uh, yes. Wait. There's more. We were also the first to highlight the issues about how SARS-CoV-2 affects T cell immunity and also B cells and also cause immune dysfunctions and COVID-19 induced immunodeficiency. And the same goes for the virus ability to cause heart issues, kidney issues, liver issues, various neurological issues, how it affects the male reproductive system and even about it being able to catalyze cancer and tumor formation and also cause epigenetic changes in the human host. But again, as usual, most of the Western bastards... We'll take credit for all of this. <laughs> Any more in here? <laughs> Not that I can see through scanning it. Here <laughs> uh, we go. We at Thailand Medical News are not so worried as we have developed our own prophylactic and treatment protocols and also developed some updated therapeutics to deal with various aspects of long-term health issues as a result of exposure the SARS-CoV-2 virus such as neuroinflammation, cardiac damage. Yeah. However, we are not yet ready to share any of this information publicly as we do not want to be once again screwed by the Western unethical opportunities. Opportunities of the greedy Chinese and rather just keep the knowledge to our own inner circles. We wish you all a happy 2023. <laughs> oh man. Um, I don't know what else I can add to that. You white bastards. <laughs> right, I've uh, been meaning to play this one for a while. Um, but may as well do it this evening. Uh, just a quick reminder, though. Uh, support old Kevy here. Let me just see if there's been any uh, donos in the uh, stream. It's been a funny stream. Come on, cough up. No, you're all the Jew. How dare you? Um, all right, let's uh, just going along with the uh, Orwellian theme of today's stream. Uh, this is the uh, Australian. I don't know if she's head of police, but uh, probably uh, Australia seems pretty woke, and all the senior positions seem to be filled by women with wives. Uh, and we welcome that information, as, as I said before. If this is. Uh, People who are discussing uh, COVID online and what you should do as a concerned citizen. If it's anybody out there that knows of someone that might be showing concerning behaviour around, you know, conspiracy theories, anti-government, anti-police, um, conspiracy theories around COVID-19 vaccination, as what we're seeing with the train family, we'd want to know about. We want to know about that, uh, and you can either contact police directly or, or go through Crime Stoppers. So. <laughs> 
we can go there uh on uh, my banded not in uniform has happened <laughs> where that was queensland what <laughs> they they shot up a family and uh and you know i've been kind of keeping an eye on that story and uh apparently that land was coveted by a i want to say petrochemical uh company <laughs> yeah dub your neighbors in folks uh eastern germany redux australia sounds fucked to me it really does and that's right brick kev's got to rattle the cup Cost money, god damn it! Keep all this going. Keep the doc motivated to come and uh look at all these uh black pill stories. Uh let's see. Th- yeah, more more Wellian dystopia. This time from another five eyes country, this time Canada. Uh a job advertisement. Vaccination confidence in Canada, online conversation and audience analysis. <laughs> In preparation for increased vaccination education, promotion and outreach, the Public Health Agency of Canada, PHAC, is requiring the services of a consultant to analyse the vaccine-related conversations on social media and uh, whatever, Public Health Agency Canada, social media initiative and campaign performance. The consultant will analyse vaccine-related conversations and their participants on Twitter and the social media channels, including Reddit, blogs, forums and news spanning up to three years of historical data. The consultant will analyse Public Health Association Canada's social media initiative and campaign performance, including content engagement and the campaign's influence on vaccine-related conversation. Um, This... The fact that the government would be uh, going to the extra step of having an individual in there scanning these conversations and just just think who would be motivated to apply for this job. I don't think uh, truckers who were bringing Canada to a standstill will be looking for a career change right here. It'll be the purple haired woke Bradfems applying for this. And uh, doing everything they can to uh, to mess to mess with those white racist anti semites that are concerned about medical experimentation on them. Ah, right. So uh, yeah, I don't have to rattle the cup. By the way, um, just scan that QR code, folks. Use GPay. You can use credit card. Anything. Um, it works real, real easy. Do it. Send. Uh, Send a dono to Kev so I can uh, play something on the soundboard. Right, I think we might be at... uh, Yes, it's time for the Shahid roll. Let's see. Don't you know, folks, there's an environmental crisis going on. Your betters are concerned that their access to stakes and racing cars is being limited by your existence and desire to sit at night in your warm home with some light. So uh, it's incumbent upon citizens who are concerned, concerned about their betters to step into the breach to do what's right, carbon sequestration. First up, Shahid. Minnesota teenage hockey player dies on Christmas after stroke. 
There are some heavy hearts in St. Paul where a teenage hockey player has died. Cormac Scanlon passed away on Christmas after suffering a stroke earlier this month. And Rob Olson joining us live from the Creighton Durham Hall JV hockey game tonight. The team that Cormac was on and Rob, many within the hockey community are showing their support for this tragedy and this family. Yeah, a lot of support. Uh, yeah, a lot of support coming in for this family, for friends, for teammates. As you mentioned, Cormac Scanlon's JV team from Creighton Durham Hall is playing a game right now here at a tournament in Maple Grove, trying to wrap their heads and their hearts around the fact that they've lost this teammate that they skated with at the beginning of the month. But as you mentioned, a rare medical condition took him very suddenly. I thought long and hard about what to say to these young men going on the ice when it can seem so insignificant. Only two days removed from the loss of their teammate, Creighton Durham Hall's JV hockey team back in the ice for a tournament. Hard to the miss all the number team stickers that they first adopted only weeks ago as a show of support, which will now remain there as a remembrance. Yeah, we went from a, a Monday practice where he was uh, sitting on the player's bench and I just said, hey, what's going on? His leg was bothering him. 16-year-old Cormac Scanlon, a multi-sport sophomore at Creedon from a family with long ties to the school, suffered a stroke three weeks ago. As documented on his caring bridge, he was then diagnosed with a rare condition called Moya-Moya disease, which predominantly affects children. Then came surgery December 15th, and hopes were high for recovery and rehabilitation. We kind of thought, well, hey, now they know what it is. They're going to do this procedure, and he's going to battle back. And we don't know what it's going to look like on the other side, but but it's Cormac. He's going to battle through this. And then things took a turn, and then it got worse. For these past few weeks, support ran high, from the signs in his hockey stall to the players and the coaches getting their heads shaved in support. And then came another stroke that affected more of his brain. Cor what, some white supremacism there, shaving their heads? How dare they? Um... There you go. We support. Uh, what was his name? Um, Cormick. We support McCormick in his uh, in doing his duty when all you lickspittles have failed to do it. Why haven't you stepped up and sequestered your carbon for your betters? Klaus is getting worried. Got more shahids. Councillor Brian Lowen died suddenly on Christmas Eve. He was fully vaccinated and boosted, doing his bit for the, uh, for the environment. Passing away without warning, he had just received his COVID-19 booster shot months before his sudden death and uh, even had gone so far to give himself a Shahid headshot. Here we go. I got my COVID-19 vaccine and sequestered my carbon for the... The oligarch class. Moving on. Jens Peter Abel was a German musician who died suddenly of unknown causes after receiving at least two confirmed Pfizer death shots. His unexpected and tragic death sent shockwaves through the music community. He was way too young. There he is as well with his Shahid badge. Let's get vaccinated from UNICEF. We salute the Shahid for doing his duty and sequestering his carbon. Moving on. Russian military elites die suddenly. Istanbul, former Russian army chief with long-standing ties to Ukraine, has died suddenly at the age of 69. I'm not sure this is uh, vaccine-related. I think this might be related more to, uh, how should we say, uh, contention and conflict in the region. <laughs> 
Moving on, Pamela Lynn Binion died suddenly of myocardial infarction after taking the Pfizer vaccine. She died 19 days after a second shot at the age of 60 years old. Prior to receiving the vaccine, she was in good health with no medical or heart conditions. That's right. She didn't even wait till she was comorbid with something to sequester her, her carbon. She stepped up, took the shots. What are you doing, Lickspittle? Get out there. Get your shots. Sequester that carbon. Moving on. Family doctor who was subject to death threats from anti-vaxxers during the pandemic dies suddenly right before Christmas. Dr. Wilson Chin, uh, emigrated to Australia in 2018, has died. He became the target of vile threats after two girls fainted after receiving jabs. The false rumours claim two girls had died when they were unharmed. Well, I think we better ask uh, Jicky about what went on here. Um, anyway, uh, he was a strong advocate for the gene transfection technologies. And now, in his zeal for the technology, has sequestered his carbon. What a hero. We salute him. The Shahids are just racking up at the moment. Moving on. Famed Brisbane fashion designer Daniel Lightfoot dies suddenly on Christmas Day. I'm not sure if this one was fixed or not, but uh, Brisbane fashion designer Daniel Lightfoot has died unexpectedly on Christmas Day, aged 58. This was announced by his ex-wife of eight years, Susie, who posted a touching tribute to Instagram on Tuesday. With great sadness, I say a terrible news that Daniel Lightfoot passed away on Christmas Day. Um, <laughs> he, he looked... Uh, he looked really fat and comorbid and uh, not looking after himself. And, uh, oh, the stressful life of being a fashion designer. Of course he was going to die at 58. It's worse than working down the coal mines. Uh, <laughs> I'm not sure. Uh, if it's Australia, we have to presume that uh, he, was, uh, he was jabbed. So uh, we salute the Shaheed. Thank him for uh, sequestering his carbon so that uh, we can have a few more cows to feed the fat bastards at the top. All right, I think the, uh, the sheets are finished. This one uh, from Steve Kirsch. <laughs> Apparently, uh, let's see. The, these odd rubbery clots are now happening on a regular basis. Again, um, I want to see more. I want to see it in x-rays, CT scans. Um what's it called angiograms uh when they're sort of perfusing with blood i want to see more evidence um these anecdotal reports are uh well they're interesting but um i want to we need something more concrete anyway i talked to a nurse of 23 years of experience she'd never heard about clots longer than a few inches in her career until the vax came along now we're seeing blood clots in kids as young as 8 to 12 years old we salute those shaheeds but only if they've been vaccinated here's a report i just got today for example some time ago i texted you a video called died suddenly it was about finding huge blood clots in people who are in good health but died very suddenly i sent the same video to a customer of mine well this morning i got a phone call from him his 58 year old brother who lives in arizona in indecent shape was out running all of a sudden his heart stopped he fell into a bush through the grace of god there was a doctor running by at that exact moment and saw it happen he started cpr and they got the guy to the hospital was still alive but they found a two-foot blood clot in him the only way to find out if he has more clots is by doing a full body mri which the hospital was saying he does not need the guy was vaxxed and boosted three times um i'd say the uh i just I, like i say anecdotal data i'm not sure what to make of it and the final one did i have another one um 
what was this one? Oh, <laughs> uh, as uh, Peter Hotez is a uh, figure of mirth on this channel. Uh, <laughs> Tucker Carlson has a go at him. You it's might have noticed funny. a lot of people in your world don't trust doctors these days. That's not a good sign. Probably half people you know are exploring alternative medical cures right now. Why is that happening? Well, there are a lot of reasons, but Dr. Peter Hotez is definitely one of those reasons. Hotez is a pediatrician who spent his life studying tropical parasites. He wouldn't seem to be the obvious go-to guest for cable newsbookers looking for someone to speak knowledgeably about COVID. But Hotez is a crazed publicity addict. He will do any <laughs> public appearance anywhere at any time. He never stops. Unfortunately for all of us, when Peter Hotez speaks, he discredits American medicine. He is a misinformation machine, constantly spewing insanity. Coolly compare Hotez's views on COVID to, say, Alex Jones's views on COVID and ask yourself, who's saner? It's not even close. Very few things Peter Hotez says has any relationship to reality. Here he is explaining back in July that there is no conceivable way that Joe Biden will ever announce a vax mandate. This is uh, months and months of anti-science, anti-vaccine aggression. Jesus, he looks like a ghoul. <laughs> Must have just had a shot a few days before. Jesus, he's not looking good there. And coming from the far right elements of the Republican Party. Ah, you had enough? More than a, uh, uh, an effort for power and control. And they're going to use, first, they're going to force vaccines on us, then they're going to take away our Bibles and our guns. And, and all of that disinformation, meaning deliberate. I want to say thank you to uh, Sally. You can have. Uh, but not working. I'll do uh, what's his face? That is me. Uh, I am a legit artist. All published and she, she. <laughs> uh, centerpiece says, can't wait till his daughter takes him out one day. <laughs> uh, did you see Senator Jamie Raskin announce the other day that he's B celled lymphoma? Yeah, I did. Uh, Morticians considered to be a growing industry now. Wow, with all the excess death, I've lost my mouse. Uh, let's see. If they ever make a vaccine against suddenly, clean <laughs> up <laughs> good. <laughs> Touche, who knows? Touche. Um, inject fast to die young. Yeah. Uh, let's see. It's bad enough that our gov has done this, but the deaths not being investigated, honestly, is infuriating. Yeah, because uh, who wants to take responsibility? And the the pharmaceutical companies basically have indemnity, unless unless something really, you know, a court case of such monumental significance uh, changes what's going on. I don't. I don't think you will see investigations. Um, this is the landscape in which we'll be operating now. Uh, let's see. Um, uh, oh, Karma Doc in the chat. Hello. And uh, let me see. Come on, folks. Use that QR code. Ed, someone use the QR code. <laughs> Tell me it works. Uh, let me just check if anyone's uh, sent. Don't know. 
Oh, I've got a couple here. So I want to say thank you to uh, Ian and uh, thank you to uh, Blitzy. Uh, I guess Utah, I think that is. Uh, so whoever in Utah, uh, you can have a... Uh... <laughs> you had enough? Thank you, thank you, thank you. Much, much appreciated. Uh, Kev, when are you going to get scheduled for Twitter Spaces? Uh, I got banned from Twitter within 12 hours. And um, <laughs> look, I'm persona non grata on Twitter. I'm persona non grata on YouTube. I'm not going to be able to use those platforms. Just forget about them. And you know what? Rumble's doing pretty good. Let's look. Uh, 130 people watching live. Uh, 143 people watching live. Wow, amazing. And uh, across all channels, I would say we're pushing 165. And, you know, the views are uh, 24 hours. There's over 1,000 views, 1,200 views. Um, I'm, I'm quite happy with that. Don't need YouTube. The only thing I miss from YouTube is that the chat is more dynamic. I don't know why Rumble is... Um, not so interactive and i think danger mouse said that you know you have it in full screen and you can't pop out the chat from uh, rumble so people don't use it as much and um you know could i get on with um andrew huff maybe but then I, what what would happen is is that I'd be giving away the the secret account that I use for um for Twitter, and I'll just get banned again. I, like I say, I've uh, I've posted too many uh, bog brush memes, <laughs> and so, well, what have I done on that? I've just um shown my disgust for all the virtue signaling rainbow flag waving ukrainian flag waving uh virtue signaling fascists um i let my I've let my position be known and uh yeah they don't want uh ne'er-do-wells like me in there uh rattling their their cages and yeah, I, I get it <laughs> i'm not i'm not really meant for polite company uh let's see uh Simon says, opening up a Discord space shortly. Yes, please uh, join the Discord or those are on the Discord. Uh, a Discord space is about to occur. Um, I'm about to wrap up, I think. I'm done with uh, the stream for today. Uh, like I say, I haven't seen anything major in the COVID space beyond what we have looked at and the uh, story about antibodies and i i really don't feel that i'm in a position to um really comment on it i, I i'll accept that the observation is um, been vetted and peer-reviewed and i guess we'll have to wait and see what happens and it's if it's true and it has a negative impact on people it's just another black mark against these technologies and you know this leaves us in the situation where um you know we have to work within the context of bio warfare military programs the countermeasures are all military we've known this for a long time 
and you know it probably all links to much bigger geopolitical um train wreck that <laughs> we're about to well we're watching it in slow motion and you know there's we, we we were ahead of the curve and now we're just watching people catch up and it's interesting to see people beginning to use the language of biowarfare hybrid warfare fifth generation warfare etc it's it's interesting to see it start to permeate into the dialogue and beyond that i don't know what well, unless someone's got some interesting data for me to look at. But all of the stuff I've seen with COVID with respect to neurological issues, we've covered time and time again. If I see something uh, that I think is new or extends our knowledge framework, I'll, I'll bring it up and I'll, I'll do a paper. But it's Christmas, the new cycle is slow and... Um, you know, it, it it is what it is. I forgot why I went off on that tangent. Um, spaces, right? Twitter spaces. Uh, and, you know, to get attention on Twitter spaces means that you've got to have an active Twitter account. And I'm permanently suspended from Twitter. And that's that's it. It's, it's, uh, it's a done deal. Like I'm done on YouTube. And, you know, I, I've, I was supposed to do a commemorative stream for Kev Baker on January 6th. The, I, I had to speak, them, speak to them today because of what's happened in the last few weeks where literally they're, they're zapping channels and not giving any strikes or warnings or any anything like that. If I'm on a, if I'm on a stream, they're just nuking the channel. And <laughs> what do I do? I what talk science and crack shitty jokes about Peter Hotez, various other people. But apparently, it makes me public enemy number one, a right wing, <laughs> right wing white supremacist, according to uh, Peter Hotez here. Misinformation came out of CPAC, the conservative news outlets. Now, this guy is apparently a prominent figure at a big Texas hospital, I think Baylor Hospital. Why in the world would they let him do an MSNBC hit like that? If anybody is discrediting vaccines, making people afraid of them, he's such an obvious lunatic, and politicizing <laughs> medicine, it's Peter Hotez. And by the way, he's totally ignorant. A couple of months after he said that, Joe Biden announced, in fact, vaccines would be mandatory. Now, to be clear, it's not just Peter Hotez's predictions that are wrong. He's also a charlatan. Here he is warning that schools have no reason to lift their mask mandates. Now, this came weeks after the CDC, following Fauci's lead, admitted that cloth masks don't actually work. Albertox says COVID accounts for 30% of the patients I'm seeing today flew about 40%. It's interesting. Um, what's the, uh, how are they presenting? What's the, is it, can you tell instantly or are they just turning up with uh, fevers and respiratory syndrome, uh, respiratory symptoms and you're just having to do the PCR test and the PCR the PCR test is doing the diagnosis how's the, how's the how's the clinical decision being made and what's the difference in treatment protocols uh karma if you don't mind uh <laughs> Century said I could see if there's any openings at Thailand Medical News yeah I think I'd fit straight in there 
<laughs> but the problem is, I'd be all racist against the Thai <laughs> the people from Thailand. <laughs> they all look the same, yellow monkeys. Watch. If you start lifting mask mandates now, you're basically condemning all the kids to get infected with Omicron and, and having to live with those consequences, which mean that some kids will have to be hospitalized or, or possibly worse. So it makes no sense to lift mask mandates at this point. Yeah, so you're right. It's Baylor. If you look at his shirt, it says Baylor right on there. Now, why are the morons at Baylor letting their employee go on TV and say stuff like that? What a quick way to discredit your hospital. And again, all of American medicine. Peter Hotez is arguing on TV that anyone who disagrees with him, even when he lies, which is often, anyone who believes in the primacy of scientific data over the opinions of some nutcase from Baylor is spreading misinformation. And not only that, he believes that's a crime. He wants the federal government to deal with those people. Watch this. And I've been saying, you know, for the last year. <laughs> he, he doesn't look a picture of health. <laughs> Swear to God. All hunched up. They always, always come through for and a half that the Biden administration has to realize that that anti-science is a killer disinformation. Yeah. It's not even just disinformation. It's, this is an anti-science empire right now. And we need Homeland Security. We need the Justice Department. We've really got to figure this out. And, and the health and health and human services will not be able to figure this out on their own. Hey, memo to Baylor, a lot of people give you money because they think you're a legitimate organization. This guy is discrediting you and our medical system. He's arguing in his little Baylor scrubs that people who don't agree with him belong in jail. The Justice Department needs to go after people who disagree with Peter Hotez. Sorry. That, that, that's, what, that's what he's saying when he's, when he's putting the epithets of um, right wing white supremacism and is the anti-science driver uh, <laughs> stepped into a very very strange world and look what he's relying on is his uh, trump card of being able to call everyone an anti-semite that doesn't agree with him we know that's what he's going to do we looked at those um tweets the other day as he was Pushing forward the idea that maybe he'd been a little extreme in pushing the vaccines. But, oh, God, it was just his concern to save lives. Please, please, please don't take it out on him. Let's have an amnesty. But at the same time, at the same time, you're all Hitler-worshipping white supremacist Nazis that need to be rounded up by federal authorities that's how fucked up this conversation's become and that's that's why i've taken the approach that i've done because it you've just got to take the piss out of it it's so absurd <laughs> come on doc says baylor sucks monkey nuts <laughs> i agree i agree come on. peter hotez we have freedom of speech in this country and no one should be more grateful for that than you <laughs> bravo bravo tucker um yeah so i think that was me uh done yeah no more no more tabs or stories they need rounding up yeah uh let's see back match says that's what confuses me is all these doctors who claim to know how the body works taking so little care of them yeah physicians heal thyself um what is that
From the forwarded letters, CMP has asked for you to do a DS1500 for the above patient diagnosis aggressive lung cancer with metastases. Please accept our sincere apologies for the previous text message sent. This has been sent in error. Our message to you should have read. <laughs> okay. <laughs> ah, good old NEF. Yes. <laughs> All right, uh, that's me out of here. Let me just check if uh, anyone's hit that uh, dono button. Come on, keep the dock in. Uh... Do, 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 do. That's it. All right, so I'm going to sign off now. But if you're watching on the replay, you can uh, zap your phone at the QR code. They're going to use those weapons against us. We'll use them uh, against them as well. Uh, why not? So, uh, let's see, curious if we'll be seeing ground glass stuff coming up soon. Watched a short Dr. Trail vid before this stream came on. Um, <clears throat> I, I would presume so. Um, but, you know, I sort of take the view that SARS is less a respiratory pathogen a more a systemic coagulopathy that's that's what i think it's uh oh, it just depends on the individual as well but um yeah if you if it presents as a respiratory infection I expect to see the ground glass opacities but we we know that those ground glass opacities are um coagulation in the in the capillary beds of the lungs uh, Simon says Fauci.monster is better. Um, isn't that the QR code? Doesn't uh, the QR code go to Fauci.monster? Um, uh, pimp the event. Yes. Go to our Discord. So if you're not a member of the Discord, you can go to McCannDojo.com. I'll put the link in the pay. Uh, paste the link in the chat. Um, hit the join the Discord. And let me put it in Rumble and um, become a member of our Discord. Uh, it's, uh, it's uh, yeah, I'm, I'm in it all day. You can speak to me. You can DM me. Um, I spend my time there trying to answer questions. And, uh, well, we have a laugh as well. Um, but, yeah, we're having a Discord event. And... Uh, see what's that just saw it yesterday in covid patient 10 days out other than that none okay um well uh what can i add to that not not much else go to the go to discord go to discord and uh the event um i presume it will be some djing and movie perhaps uh can't join discord without a mobile phone um no you can do it from a pc i think i think they still let you uh sign up without a mobile phone you just need a email pretty sure um let's see so yeah thank you simon for the link and uh, yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna call it a day and i will see you in well, tomorrow is New Year's Eve, right? Maybe I'll do a stream tonight. Oh, um, we're maybe planning a roundtable uh, for New Year's Eve, perhaps, uh, on the weekend. Um, it'll be myself, uh, Mark Kulak, who's Tonic Live, uh, Marie, 
the virologist who I spoke to the other week and uh, Joanna will be joining us and I'll see, I don't know, anyone else that wants to join, I'll see if I can drag Charles in maybe and uh, we'll be discussing Nick as well and we'll be discussing, well, anything and everything uh, related to global, uh, global bio-warfare that they've unleashed. All right, that's it. I'm out of here. Let me do the soundboard and see you guys in the next one. Take care. God bless. Bro, you don't know how angry I am. You do, I'm like, I was just leaving for fucking work. You do not understand how fucking pissed off. After reading that whole line, I will be arrested for not taking a fucking vaccine. Fuck these cappers. I will fucking kill each fucking kappa. I swear. This is not a fucking joke anymore. This is fucking dead serious. I am fucking dead serious. These people don't know who the fuck they actually say. Fuck these cappers. No fucking vaccine or MRA or ever throws me my fucking blood blood. Never. I will fucking die. Fucking fighting for my fucking views and my fucking forefathers and my fucking lineage. Motherfuckers! All that fire. This guy. Since 